Okay. So I'm going to do my intro too? Yeah, we'll do like a dual thing, right? All right, let's go. Let's give it a little... Uh... Let's do what John Doerr and Rory Scoville did. Let's do our intros right at, at the, the beginning. Sa- at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, how, how are we going to do this at the same exact time? Uh, <laughs> this should be the intro right here. Uh, yeah, hey. let's do that, yeah. Hey, everybody, uh, you're listening to uh, Fixing Joe. And you're listening to the Verzi Effect <laughs> podcast. This is a bonus. This will be a bonus uh, a bonus podcast for uh, me this week on uh, episode 203. I'm just going to throw this as a bonus. Sitting in with my buddy Joe. I got problems. All right, so I'll give a quick explanation of what we're doing, Paul, so okay. everybody notices. So um, we're doing a dual podcast. Paul Verzi and I spent the day together. We did. We were at the Artie Lang podcast earlier. We were both there. He took the ride over to Hoboken. Yeah. Because uh, uh, he's got something big he's plugging, and I have something big that I'm plugging. We're doing a dual podcast, and this will represent our uh, podcast. What is it that you're promoting, Paul? Well, uh, this Thursday, March 26th at 7.30 at Levity Live, we are doing a a benefit for my brother-in-law, who unfortunately passed away far too young. Um, And um, it's going to be a scholarship fundraiser, you know, for for his, you know, a a fundraiser, I should say, for a scholarship in his name. It's going to be at Levity Live, one of of my favorite clubs in the country. It's going to be an amazing night. my friends are coming out to support this. It's going to be great. Chris Lambert is going to jump on the show. Bill Burr is going to headline the show. We're going to have some um, pop-ins, you know, surprise pop-ins from friends. So it should be it should be great. 7.30 this Thursday, Levity Live. Tickets are available at levitylive.com. And, uh, you know, yeah, you know, uh, it's we're going to try to do something nice. You know, when bad bad things happen, you try to turn a... I mean, listen, it's it's a horrible thing, and, and there's, you know, nothing that, that we could do but uh, just honor his memory, raise money, you know, in his name for a scholarship, and it, it means a lot to me and my family. So, uh, you know, yeah, man, so if, if you're around this Thursday night, I mean, it's almost the weekend, the next day's Friday, it's going to be great. Bill Burr's coming in, um, you know, I'm working on a bunch of new stuff that I'm having fun with. It's going to be a great night of comedy, and you know Levity Live is a beautiful Beautiful comedy club. Uh, it's in West Nyack, New York, in the, at the top floor of Palisades Mall. So uh, if you're around this Thursday at seven thirty, man, we'd love to. We'd love to have you. All right, so I'm gonna have to upload my podcast a little earlier than I normally do, because I usually come upload this podcast on Thursday mornings. I'll put it up earlier because we're gonna. It's crazy. I don't usually do them on Mondays, but we're doing it on a Monday. I could put it up tomorrow if I need to. Nice. So, uh, so you're also listening to fixing joe so uh we'll be talking a lot about um uh my, my life my issues all that kind of stuff and and paul who's hasn't been on in a while it's been uh, yeah it's, it's been a few months more than that well, six months maybe it's been a while yeah even my wife said to me where, where, where's paul been yeah you know what i think the last one we did was about six months ago on the phone we did a phone one together a skype one I think we did on yours, maybe like six months ago yeah. or something like that. But it's always fun. I think we were talking about right when you were like, I think the last time we were at you were talking about what you needed to do in the house. By the way, 
congratulations on the house the, the floors i walked in and you know it's funny when you own a house you start noticing it's like what you said so i walked in and like you know i know I, I, I something was different and i looked at the floors and i was like you do something with the floors and you were all you're like yeah you were like excited it's funny people get excited They're like yeah i did i did i did and i think your wife heard it she's like yeah it's yeah it's hilarious but it looks great it looks great thank you i said this house is so nice that's what i said i said this house is so nice you look like you're about two you know checks from not clearing not clear from being out of this joint. Uh, hence fixing Joe. <laughs> I got problems. I got problems. One is not being able to form my house. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. It's a pretty big one, Joe. Whenever guys imitate my voice, they always go, oh, man. You I don't know what that is. Man. You do that now? You don't I, do that. I don't know. You, you're, you're a question guy. You ask what you like when you don't like something. What do I do? When you don't like something, right? Yeah. You'll be like this. You'll be like, you know, you'll say something like, uh, I hate strip malls. Do you like strip malls? <laughs> you always you always say you hate it and then you ask the person if they hate it. <laughs> I, I, I do, do that. Yeah, you'll be like, I hate strip malls. <laughs> do you like strip malls? <laughs> I stick my hands out like that. Yeah, yeah. This right hand always comes out. That's hilarious. You, you go like this. Yeah, yeah. You like strip malls? <laughs> I hate strip malls. Do you hate strip malls? Like when That's I true. eat sushi, I, have I gotta to see eat if... so much sushi. Do you do eat like you? A, do you eat like so much sushi when you like you just it, it's <laughs> almost like you you're asking them to do what you did. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, I don't know how I, I if I could do an impression of you, what it would sound like. It would. Um, well, I told you you're the you're the miserable happy guy. You'd be like, hey, what's up, man? It's mercy. Like, I'm not Dude, I, got so, I got something wrong. Like, yeah, <laughs> my chest is burning. It's crazy. I, I think I need Nexium. Dude, that's and Then hilarious. you're just laughing about uh, it. Ah, yeah. I don't know. I think I have seven I uh, seven hernias. I'm like, yeah, like I'm the guy with problems, but like I'm almost like like I'm not happy about it, but I'll just deal with it. Like I, when I ask you, like, because I know you have acid reflux, I'm like, did your chest, did your esophagus burn? <laughs> no, I, you know what I do, Joe. I ask people questions medically, and even though they're clearly not qualified to answer them, mm-hmm. and they have no idea, their answer will make me feel better. Right. So, like, if a friend is like, "No," well, that's all with the, that. Uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Med. What are these things online that that answer all the medical questions? Oh, the WebMD. WebMD. That's all it is. Is yeah. Is some other guy who knows nothing saying what he thinks? Yeah. And they WebMD lists every possibility, and the last one's cancer, just so they get get it all in there. Oh, I don't know. I got to go to that version that gives you a list of what they think it is. I mean, I just see people commenting underneath. There's something where a, a skilled professional gives an opinion. Oh, no, but you is haven't there? got the symptom checker? No, what's that? What? Yeah, because I got this BB. <laughs> I got a BB-sized bump on my right Dude, you've testicle. Never went I've had to... it for three weeks, and it, hurt, it hurts. you got to go to the doctor. I went oh. once. He said it was nothing, and I just don't believe him. Dude, we got a second opinion. If it, see, see, that's the difference between, like, I would freak. If I felt like a little something like a BB, or a, I, freak, I would freak out. Like, I would contemplate cutting it out. Yourself? Myself? Yeah. Don't hit your foot on the mic stand. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you would cut it. <laughs> you can't cut out a BB on listen, your ball. Listen, listen. You've never been to Symptom Checker? Mm-mm. Oh, my God, Joe. I, I feel bad telling you this because I'm probably going to cause, I'm going to make you probably more neurotic. Symptom Checkers, you know the body? There's a body on the, if you go to WebMD.com, right. there's something that says Symptom Checker, and there's like a body there like this. Like there's just a body. Yeah. And you click on a part of the body, and it zooms in. 
and then it says like what part hurts is it your the back or the front you, you can you, like click and, on and the you spot cl- you click on the spot so right just, so, so let's say you click on the stomach and then it'll start asking you okay is there bloating discomfort bleeding a bulge just and every possible symptom so you click on one and then as you click the all of the possibility diagnosis come up uh-huh. so if you say yeah bloating gassy a little bit of pain and then that's it then those three things when you have those three things all of the shit that comes up and always at the bottom it will say cancer because they have to give you that possibility in case but it's always like the last case scenario one so yeah so it freaked me out so like i'll read like 15 things that's not cancer and then at the end it'll just say like abdominal cancer and then i you just start and i start freaking out panicking and uh, yeah, I'm not, don't worry, I'm not gonna hit the thing. I see you looking at my feet. This guy's looks. This guy's. This guy's not even paying attention to the fucking thing I'm <laughs> saying because he's praying to God my foot doesn't hit the bottom of the mic stand. I'm not gonna go that way. I literally. He was half paying attention to me. Just so you guys know, you guys know, Matt Reese is. We were talking about this on Artie Lang's podcast today. Matt Reese is so in detail, like his detail is so crazy when it comes to podcast noises sounds we're at the top of his <laughs> we're at like the top of his house in this like which is a really cool room like this little studio is awesome it's really great but i'm i'm sitting across from him and there's a mic stand with a tripod on the bottom and it, every time my foot goes near one of the, the the tripods he's just all he's doing is staring at my feet not listening to what i'm saying <laughs> i'm telling you i'm not going to hit it all right what was the other thing that you said that you thought was funny when i made the observation of Artie's diet Oh my God, this was funny. We're going to we're going to Artie's. Uh, by the way, shout out to Artie Lang. I love that guy. He was so cool, man. He's the best. But we were going to his place, and uh, we were just talking. And Joe goes, Joe was like, "Yeah, I get that." I was like, what, "Is there food there?" He's like, "Yeah, there's sandwiches and stuff. There's always really not good stuff. It's just like a bunch of he drinks. He eats a bunch of." I didn't say not good stuff. I mean, you mean not healthy stuff? Not healthy. That's what I mean. When I say right. not good stuff, I mean good for you. Right. Good. But he goes, "Yeah, you know, sometimes there's a lot of like." you know, cookies and soda. And he goes, Artie basically eats like if I just let my seven-year-old son just go and eat anything that he wanted. That's, that's Artie's he, diet. That, that's his diet. That's how he lives his life. And I lost it. Like it's basically like a big kid, like a kid that just never was told what's good and just, yeah. you know, it's hilarious. He needs a sugary drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I cut out all sodas and all that. I don't know how the dude does it. It's unbelievable. He's beating the odds with his diet that he can able... Uh, that he can do all that. Um, so uh, let, let me get a couple of quick plugs out here. I always do plugs at the top of the podcast. They're pretty pretty short. All I really want to do is uh, donate to my Fixing Joe podcast. All you do is go to joematteries.com. You see the donate button. I would love a donation to the podcast. $20 donation or more gets you two of my CDs for free. And it also gets you a pair of earbuds by, uh, from Tweaked Audio, who's one of my sponsors which is a pretty good deal. Great pair of earbuds, two CDs, all for a $20 donation. Also, like I said, sponsored by Tweaked Audio. If you click on the Tweaked Audio banner on JoeMatteries.com, you can get any of their merchandise at a 30% uh, discount just by putting Fixing Joe in the promo code window. That and all I'm plugging is my special. That's what I'm really trying to to sell uh, is people... I need you to come to the special. It's big. I'm taping a one-hour stand-up special at the Village Underground in New York City on April 28th. We're doing two shows, 7 and 9. Tickets are only on sale until March 28th, even though it's on April 28th. 
hard to explain, but it's a TV taping, and that's the way you have to do things. So get the tickets. Go to JoeMatterEast.com and click on there's a banner there that will uh, take you to where the tickets are for sale. Okay? There's also a banner on the Comedy Cellar's website. Village Underground is owned by the Comedy Cellar. It's right around the corner from it. Um, yeah, and uh, as far as the Verzi Effect, uh, as always, the Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame.com for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. It's just a, just a, a, the best uh, comedians are on there. Have you done an interview with Gonzo Fame? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. Uh, they got you know they got Ralphie May, Doug Stanhope, uh, Sean Patton, uh, Hannibal Burris. It's just a great website. They recently did the uh, former porn star Aaliyah Janine turned over to comic. They did a, a great piece with her. She had a great time with it. And uh, Dave Gavry, who runs it over there in Chicago, funny up-and-coming comedian, he runs the That's, site. And, does it? And he sponsors... Oh, yep. Dave Gavry's always tweeting D- questions to me for my podcast. Yeah, Dave, Dave, uh, you know, was listening to my podcast. You know, he knew that I was looking for sponsors. And, you know, I, I so we're helping each other. So uh, go to gonzofame.com. And um, there's also going to be some other sponsors coming on. But guys, of course... Support uh, the Verzi Effect on all things comedy. Uh, you're on all things. Yeah, I'm comedy. there also. We're both on all things comedy. Go to allthingscomedy.com and also uh, at all things comedy on Twitter. They're doing some really cool stuff right now, and uh, it's got the best podcast. It's the best podcast network out there. Uh, Joe's is on it. Mine's on it. Bill Burr, Ari Shafir, j- just so many of them. Uh, Tom Segura, right? There's just so many different um, podcasts out there. Jason Lawhead, so uh, Lawhead's Court. So yeah, just. Uh, Check it out, man. Um, all Things Comedy. And, of course, this Thursday night, 7.30. Levity Live for the Kevin Lanto uh, Benefit Show with myself, Bill Burr, and uh, everybody else. Another thing, if you can't make that, I want you to make that one. We should do a podcast just that's uh, just plugs. Yeah. If we'll you, do an hour-long all plug. If you can't do that <laughs> one, if you can't do that one, I want you to go to that one. But if you can't, I am recording my first, um, my debut album at The Stand in New York City, April 9th on the 8 and 10 o'clock show. If you cannot go to Levity, go to that one. But my main my main plug here is please come to Levity, 730, uh, this Thursday, the 26th. Yes. And my main plug is the special. Come on, April 28th, Joe's tickets on sale to March 20th. We're going to sure. do nothing but plugs. I mean, if you guys have to All come to these podcast. things. You guys, um, I would also like to plug. <laughs> my son is having a t-ball game. <laughs> Kevin Nealon has one of the funniest bits where he interviews somebody in the front row during his set like they're on the Tonight Show and he's the host. No. And he interviews them. Yeah, it's hysterical. And he, Does has he? Like, and he holds the mic up to a guy next to him and makes him play music with his mouth, <laughs> like doing outros. That's He'll be funny. like, all right, what do you got coming up? He makes like a fucking stranger plug shit. That's hilarious. The guy will be like, uh, I'm going to a bar mitzvah in two weeks. Okay, make sure you guys go to his. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, so he did on his last special? I don't know if he did it on his special, but I, I worked with him once years ago at Caroline's, and that was one of his bits, and I never forgot. It, it, was, it was really fun. That really is It was funny. like an easy little bit that was hilarious. Yeah. yeah, he seems hilarious. He seems like a nice guy, too. Really nice guy. <clears throat> Oop, was that you or me? Not me. That was probably me. Uh, so, Fixing Joe. And the Verzi Effect. And the Verzi Effect. Together. We will be answering some uh, fan questions. I tweeted and Facebooked out that, Paul, you were going to be here. So hopefully some of these questions will be right in our wheelhouse. We'll get to them in the uh, in the second segment. Uh, what I wanted to talk about uh, that I could use some advice from Paul 
Yep. Is and I said I started to almost tell you while we were eating dinner that my my wife's been kind of mad at me. I'm kind of nervous because she's home right now. I'm, I'm used to her being asleep or not here when I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I feel like she's gonna kick that door open right now and be like, "Shut the fuck up." That's hilarious. But this is um yeah she's been kind of getting mad at me the last couple days as I'm whispering. Um, and you and I have similar wives. They're very, you know. No, it's funny. All my friends have that. All my friends, all my friends in comedy or pretty much life, for some reason, I guess it's just the people that you're close. All of my friends have a, like a strong wife. Really? Everybody that I'm friends with has like a strong, you know, a classy, not a real partier wife, which is a great thing. And that's pretty much why we married them. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other side where they're just like relentlessly just into like getting shit done. Yeah, I talked about yeah. my wife on my podcast recently saying we, her and I had a f- couple's night out and we hadn't had one in a while. Yeah. And uh, we went to the second bar after we ate dinner and, <laughs> yeah. she, and she ordered a tea and I gave her shit for it. I was like, a tea? You're going to get a tea? She's... And I talked about it on the podcast and we had the babysitter till ele- to 11 and we only, you know, we, we stayed out till 9.30. Like we came home early. Oh yeah, and and then have you ever had people in your family like fucking rat on you? And, t- and like my wife doesn't listen to my podcast, but my brother-in-law, I guess he doesn't get it. He's probably listening right now. Jeremy, thanks a lot. He goes, <laughs> he comes up to my wife. Hey, I heard you ordered a tea, <laughs> and then she's like, "Why did you have to say that?" I'm like, "Why did he have to say that?" Have you ever had that happen? Um, no, but you know what happens sometimes. It's like her timing is impeccable with everything. You know the way they call it the worst times? Well, she's like tuned in at the worst times. Like she'll be driving and be like, let me just check it out. Because, you know, she saw the podcast was, you know, doing better and growing. I've been doing it for four years. Mm-hmm. And it's getting, you know, it's getting better and better. More people listening and stuff. And, uh, you know, I finally fixed the mic problem. Like all this stuff. And, I, you know. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was getting better. So she's like, let me hear. And like, when she, like, we, she, like, we're in a kitchen. She saw my numbers and like, I got people from out of the, out of overseas that listen. Sure. I was like, oh, look at this Croatia. I have all these people. So she was like, oh, I'll take a listen. And of course, like she listened to a part. She did it twice. And like both times she did it, she listened to a part where like, I think I said something about, I just said something about how the waitresses at the cigar bar we were going to, this place didn't hire slobs. Like they just hired, like they made sure and like they would come over and they'd cut the cigar and these women knew about cigars and it was kind of cool. I just said something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was just, it, and then she was like, so you're talking about waitresses and the cigar thing? And she didn't say it mad, mm-hmm. but she just said it like, and I was like, of course you're going to hear that fucking part. You, right. know, you know what I mean? So and that's then, nothing. No, no, I mean, no, there were there were no fights, but there were definitely times she tunes in, and I'm like, but then, but then I will say, recently I talked about my wife on the podcast, and I just talked about her, and I just talked about how impressed with her I was, how much I loved her, how great mm-hmm. of a mom she was. I had no idea, nothing at all that she was going to listen to this. I was just talking about my wife is an amazing mother; she works hard all the time. I just talked about her and. Luck, as luck would have it, she actually tuned in. So I got some redemption because the first couple were bad. Where she's like, "I don't think I want to listen to this anymore because I don't want to get mad at you." And then all of a sudden, she listened to this one and she's like, "That was really, really nice." And I was like, "Yeah, so fucking, yeah." yeah. That's well, that's funny because that's what I said to my wife after she had heard from my brother-in-law that I said something about her drinking tea. I go, "Did he mention that I said after that?" That I love you and I accept you and it's fine that you just order a tea. It's okay. I'm not trying to change you. I get it. You're not 
a partier. We've been married for almost 10 years and it's fine. And I love you. Like I said that. She was like, oh yeah, he didn't didn't mention that. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Thanks a lot, jerk off. Yeah, so this one is the, I don't know if you ever go through this. This is what she's been kind of mad at. And uh, I, I went away. I was in Hartford over the weekend at City Steam doing comedy. Uh, I come back and, uh, you know, I get back in the swing of things. Maybe it takes me a half a day. So uh, was it, I guess it was today. This is crazy. This day has been so long that I'm thinking that it happened yesterday. I can't even believe what but we it have happened left today. to do today. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, this We is both crazy. have shows tonight after this, after doing Artie's podcast, driving all the way to Hoboken, driving all the way back. We got dinner together. Now we're doing, doing my this podcast, podcast. And I got a 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, and you have what? I have a 9 and a 10. That's crazy. 10 right. or something. Yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> God, my brain's kind of fucking fried. So she's mad at what now exactly? So I, this happened this morning because... Uh, uh, my wife gets annoyed that she has to wake me up to get the day started. Like she wants me to set my own alarm, but I've been rotating. <laughs> I've been rotating beds so much lately. Like yeah. I don't just sleep in bed with my wife. Me now. neither. You don't either. No, because my daughter has been jumping into. My daughter's been having this thing now, where like it's starting to slowly get better. But for a week and a half, my daughter was running out of the room, and my daughter doesn't sleep vertically. So what she does is she'll start she'll start laying down normal, uh-huh. and then it's slowly like a clock hand. Yeah. She starts, you know, like her head goes from 12 to 1 to 2, and then the feet start kicking out. Yeah. And she like digs in with her feet, and I couldn't do it, and I was losing sleep. So I would just, and, and she's like, you know, babe, she's, I'm sorry, she's had a cough. So I'm not going to sit there and get kicked all night. So I, I went into the guest room for, for, you know, and here's the other thing. My, you know, my back is not great. And my guest room, my, when I sleep in my guest room, my back's great. My bed is the problem. Right. So, but oh, yeah, okay. we've we've been having issues with my daughter coming into bed and not feeling well. So I've been hopping into other beds too. Well, mine's been going on like since my daughter was born. Really, okay. I've been, I don't think I've slept in a bed from the going to bed and to waking up in the morning with just my wife in in four <laughs> years. It's there's wow. either Luke comes in, Willa comes in, and then Steph kicks me out and makes me go sleep in Luke's room with Luke. So uh, I'm a, my excuse is always, I don't know where I'm going to end up. How do I set an alarm? It's going to go off in the other room. She's just right. like, she doesn't think that's a good excuse. So <laughs> so this morning, uh, like, I just kind of, you know, she's like, you got to get up. It's time. And, like, my eyes slowly opened. And she just goes, come on. And, like, I you would think she all of a sudden snapped and you would think that I was sitting there for 15 minutes and that she had to come back in. I think maybe like two or two minutes went by and then she just lost it. She's like, I am sick of this. Oh, you yeah. got to get going. Give, you got to give Luke the, he has to take his antibiotics still. Cause he had the strep throat last week. He's still on the antibiotics. He needs to take that. He needs to get dressed. You need to get his jacket. And I'm sick of having to wake you up. Blah, 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 blah. And she was just fucking going off on me. And I was just like, and it reminded me cause I said this on stage Saturday night and it's off of you. I said, I think I even said your name. I said, I have this friend paul verzi <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever have those it's usually the late show when you've done a few shows at a club that you're like something will happen on stage or all of a sudden i'm like where was this city steam in hartford connecticut oh, okay all of a sudden in my head i don't know why i was like i'm gonna just say something really honest i don't even know if it's funny i'm yeah. just saying something that i feel right now yeah and i just told them how you and i were driving once and we looked at each other and said dude and you said this to me you go 
Do you remember what you said? What? You go, do you ever just fantasize about your your apartment <laughs> oh, when, yeah, you, when you get divorced? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's a bit I said. I said, have you ever fought so much? I said, me and my wife got into such a bad fight while she was yelling at me. I was visualizing the one-bedroom apartment I'm going to be living in. And I go, and it was glorious. You're one of my only friends that whenever I see you, and this must mean you're like a nice, connected kind of person. Yeah. You go, how, how are you getting along with your wife? How's it going? Like you actually yeah. ask that every time I see what, you. The one thing that I always ask my friends that I know have families are, I was like, how are, you, how are the kids and, you know, how's your wife? And uh, How are you guys getting along? You always say that. Well, yeah, like you guys getting along, like everything good. You guys getting along and stuff. And I, I don't know if that's just because, you know, I have my issues mm-hmm. with my wife. But, you know, I, I have similar issues in the morning too because, for example, this morning, but she doesn't, she's used to it now. So what she does is my wife figured out how to, my wife figured out how to do it. My wife knows that I can't let anything happen to my kids, and she knows that I'm a great dad. She does know that, right? Mm-hmm. So what she'll do is, instead of being like, get up, what she'll do is, I know, subconscious, I know what my kids need. Lucas needs to be at the bus at 8, and then my daughter has to get in the car, and I need to drive her to daycare b- before 9. Mm-hmm. So what she'll do is, she'll you just go- You have the same schedule so, as me. So, well, pretty much. So she'll, what she'll do is, she'll go, babe, it's 7.30, I'm going to work in five minutes. You used you were watching your daughter, yeah. During the, you're not anymore. You have uh, three days now. a three days a week. She's in daycare. Okay. Two days a week I watch her. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So it got easier now. A couple of times, you know, I drop her off. I mean, I do have to drive about twenty minutes to daycare, but whatever. So she'll just go, babe. I'm leaving. So uh, Lucas needs this. Sophie needs that, and you need to do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving, and then all of a sudden, Stacy disappears. So now I can't lay there. So she basically is just like, it's on you now. Like, you know, and then I... Oh, she stops doing anything. She doesn't... She just says, this is what needs to be done, babe. I got to go. I'm out the door. Oh, she leaves early before she, any she, of she'll, it. She'll, what time she leave? She leave? My wife leaves at 7.30. Okay. Lucas needs to be on the top of the driveway, fed, dressed, book bag, the whole shit needs, needs to be there by 8. So I have a half hour. So I get up, I feed him. You know, I talked to him. The nice thing is, though, we're starting to get bolted. We're in starting. that half hour, you get up and get it all done? Well, here's the thing. He's starting. To, he dresses himself, which is great. Um, Luke's still tough on that so, one. So, so he's starting to dress himself. Maybe, you know, minus the sneakers. Now Luke will dress himself, but there's a lot of, what the? F- yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, too, like, they, he lack, he, like, the funny thing is when a little kid brushes their teeth alone, when you tell them to go brush their teeth <laughs> they alone. They never do. They just, the water will be running for a second, <laughs> and you'll go in and be like, why is the water still? And they'll just, like, be staring at something. And I got to go quicker. But uh, Stacy learned to not yell because I'm not good with that. I'll text her. I used to text her in the morning because my wife doesn't understand that I can't process it. I can't process it at seven. That's probably what happens to me. Like my wife will open the door and just start listing. You yeah. got to call Geico. Yeah. You got to take the kids. To get the, don't forget to drop the permission slip. And like she'll list off five things. Like I can't. I, I can't. I, I can't comprehend it right now. I need to. You gotta Does she get ever to, make a little list on a, on a little every, uh, post note is, or something? I, I am absolutely shocked. You want to talk? We were talking to a guy that does Vegas odds. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am telling you right now. The chances of my wife not having a text message to me between eight and nine in the morning—it's—it's it, it's almost it, if, if it's every day. We have the same wife every yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. And then I just—I caught major hell for it. Yeah, here I'll, I'll give you this one. morning. You're I'll gonna you, read. One. I'll give you one right now. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Okay. All right, here we go. Um, <laughs> could you? Yeah. What is it? Uh, 
What do you need? <laughs> I emailed. Done. Yeah. Can you send an email? Email this. Um, call Geico. Did you call your mom about watching the kids? Uh, should I ask? My- it's just, it's just, yeah, it's always, it's, yeah. And then here's a funny one. It's just like, okay, yeah, if you stop at the store, can you get this? Can you get, I don't, listen, I don't mind it, but every morning, every morning. Well, my a- wife, yeah, But you know what it is? That they, means- they hate that they feel like they're a mom to us too. Like, it's like, they don't mind being a mom to the kids, but they're right. like, why am I my husband's mom too? That's what sets her off. Right. And you know something, dude? We're lucky. We're lucky that we have these women because could you imagine having some disorganized fucking train wreck wife? That's all I had before my wife. I never had one of these organized women no, before. No, no. This is yeah. a new, it's like I bought an, I always went American <laughs> and then I all of a sudden bought like a Fiat. <laughs> yeah, dude, we went German. Drive no, we went German, dude. I don't and know how to drive yeah. it. The steering wheel's on the other I'm, side I'm now. driving like an S550 now. I mean, this thing is like $120,000. <laughs> it's going That's all a, over it, the it's, place. It's, you know, yeah, but, but could you imagine, it's great. It is great to have it and you know what they have points when they get mad at us but see the only thing is like if we do two three shows and like like today right we right. did Artie's podcast we're doing your podcast we went out to grass under to eat we both got to go to new york city do two shows tonight then i got to drive an hour back you got to drive a half hour back tomorrow morning i'm gonna be a mess but you know what at 7 30 i gotta be up and ready <laughs> yeah. it's, it's crazy yeah. and they know that so hey this is what do they say in the mafia this is the life we chose that's it you know that's what what are you gonna do but you guys aren't fighting bad about it are you no well i don't think so but i I think it's definitely something she's sick of and i need to why i'm bringing it up on the podcast i just need to figure out a a a fix for it you want to know what could i do to make it stop happening well you want me to say something real dude it's been my whole life when i grew up when i was growing up exactly what she's yelling at me for is exactly what my mom yelled at me for and the same shit that she's yelling at Luke for, it's like I'm watching my childhood over again because Luke and I have the same brain, and he just—it's exactly me. And I and my wife's always like, "God, I see why your mom, right, got frustrated." She's like, "She, because you probably did exactly what Luke's doing." Yeah, which is like you got to tell him ninety-two times. Well, you know something, dude. Now that we're on a podcast and we're talking real honest shit, you want to you want me to tell you something really is going on that I did. And I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'll talk about it now because we're talking about serious stuff with family. All right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So lately, I don't know what it's what it is, what's gotten into me, but I have this thing where I'm, I have to, after my shows and after I perform, and it's me. It's not her. She doesn't want me. It's just like I feel like the better my career is going, the funnier I'm getting. I kind of want to do my job and leave. A lot more. I don't know why. And I'm spending the days that I, the days that I'm working, I used to kind of almost dedicate to make sure I get my rest, kind of tune people, not tune people out, but kind of not be present as much as you should be. Because then you got to get ready for the show, you know, ready for a show and shower and you want to rest because I got to drive for an hour. And then if there's a show you want to watch, you want to zone out. Meanwhile, the people you love are there. The people you love are there, and you shouldn't let them feel like the day you have to work. So what I've been doing now is even days I work, I want my wife and children to know I'm there. So like last night, yesterday, I woke up at 8.30 in the morning on a weekend, really rare. And my wife was happy. My wife was like, oh, man. And I was like, you know what? I'm taking everybody to breakfast. You know, I worked the night before. I did some shows. I said, I'm taking everybody to breakfast. Went to this great diner. 
playing with my kids, get home, playing with my kids, bought my kids this little game. I'm playing with them. And like, they didn't even know, like, cause they used to ask, Oh dad, are you going to work now? I'm in with them so much during the day. And I'm having so much fun with them during the day that even when I go off at night, it's almost like their bedtime and they're tired. And like, I hung out with my dad today. So my wife feels a presence and a husband. Exactly. That's what my wife wants. Yeah. She, she doesn't. So, and it was, it was, it's an effort, but it's better. And yes. my wife and my wife's relationship with me is better. My relationship with her is better. So many things. My kids, I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, cause you know, I'm going to go on the road soon. <clears throat> I'm going on tour. I got a lot of stuff going on, but I want to be there. So, and I love it. So I love doing the shows, having a great time, but then going home and being home and stuff. So, you know, we got to make a little sacrifice and we got to do it. Not that I want it to be out hanging out. But it's just sometimes this business can like kind of lure you in to maybe I will go, maybe, you know, I'll do some networking or maybe I'll go. But it's like now it's like, no, dude, my daughter's getting old enough to like my daughter's like talking. I mean, I have full fledged conversations with her asking when I'm going to be home, where I was and my work and my kids. It's like that's the most important thing. So um, it's helped me like making an effort, like like laying down and being tired and wanting to lay there and then just being like, you know what? Me getting up and toughing it out right now is going to make my fucking family better. Why wouldn't I do that? Seriously, like why, why wouldn't I fucking suffer a little more so my family life and every, the most important people in my life and the people I love the most are a little more happier? Why wouldn't I do that? How selfish of me would it be to not do that? And dude, it's changed everything. Right. I, I definitely, I would say that I'm more that guy than the other guy that was today. But I fall off of it sometimes, and I'm sure I, probably by tomorrow I'll be I'll, I'm refocused. Some of it has to do with I, I hadn't worked out in like two weeks, which my wife gave me shit for. She's just like, "Why are you bitching? Like, I haven't worked out in a month." She'll say to me, "You know, like two weeks. Shut up. You know, you're gonna you know you're going to the gym, but uh, working out again. I started again today, and uh, I feel a little bit better. Yeah, like I'll be able to get up in the morning. You know." You yeah. would think I you would think I was drinking for some reason. Like, yeah, I just take a second to wake. I'm not one of those. Bam, let's go. No, me neither. And I don't Once like I the, get the coffee, I'm a little bit all right. It takes a while. Yeah, and like some people get up. Like I need I need time. I need time. Yeah, to like get get it together. You know, I'm not, and I don't like people that are like happy waking me up. Like you have to wake me up a certain way. Like if you wake me up in a whisper, man, I respect that. Right. Like, hey, Paul, it's time to you know we got to get going. But out those people, like, babe, come on, gotta do this. Come on, let's go. Like, I'm not good with that. I'll stay down out of spite. I'll stay down. Yeah, that's probably what I do because it's like what I did to my mom. It's like, don't yell at me. My dad used to have to come up after my mom because I would I didn't get up. Then my when my dad came up, it was like when your dad went dad, she's he's just, fucking ripped the curtains open and start poking me in the stomach till I had to get up. Oh yeah, she went to the bullpen. <laughs> she went to the bullpen. Yeah, she went to the bullpen. Yeah, she she called in a lefty, and then it was time to get up. But yeah, no, I mean, I look, these are all normal marriage problems. You yeah, know? you just gotta, you know, you just gotta. You know, you got to deal with it, I guess. Well, uh, we have a I have a lot of questions that people actually wrote in today. So, I mean, I know we, we've been chatting here at the top for about, what, 34 minutes. Like, and, and we got these shows tonight. So let's get to the questions now. Well, my listeners are lucky because this is a bonus for those fuckers. So. This is a bonus. This is a bonus. Yeah. So we got a lot of questions here. I'm gonna, can you give me a Nexium after the show? <laughs> I'll give you a Nexium. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he, uh, he, he thinks he has acid reflux. Oh, no, I know I do. You know you got it. I must. You must. So this first question is from Chris P. Chris P. writes, and then these are to both of us because I told them all that you were going to be on the podcast. Okay. Hey, Joe. 
comedy question for you guys. I always hear comics talk about it taking years to find their voice on stage. Looking back, how long before you guys did that and considers yourselves to be good comics? Thanks, Chris P. I'll let you answer that one, Paul. A lot of headliners told me 10 years. I heard somebody said Chris Rock said 10 years. I remember being in a green room with comedians that would tell me 10 years. I really felt like I became good and comfortable with me and the real me probably around that between eight and a half to ten and a half like th that that gap of, of yeah eight to ten something like that years where i was like i felt you know really close to double digit years i also heard comedians saying like oh once you get to 10 years you stop caring about like what people you know so yeah i feel like it was around almost double digit years of doing it where i'm like this is what I do. This is my life. I'm happy with it. I know who I am. I'm going to talk about what I think is funny in my life. So I would say, yeah, close to 10. 10 to find your voice. Right. And yeah. how long you been doing it now? Well, 14. Pro professionally, professionally, I'd say like 12 to 13. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first time I ever did an open mic was like 15, 14 and a half, 15. But like the first three years I'm in the city, first couple of years I'm doing like, you know, you're not really getting up. But I've been going hard probably since like 03, 04. Right. Maybe end of 02, something like that. So, yeah, probably like close to 14 years. Right. 30, yeah. Yeah. I think the same. Ten, 10 years is yeah. when you start to kind of. But if I look at a tape from 10 years in and I watch me now, you would probably think it's a totally different. You know, like you're saying, the voice, which means, that, of course, the jokes would be different. I was a single guy. I was talking about being a single young man. And now right. I'm a married guy with two kids. So the the material's different, but actually my style uh, and, and, and what's funny about me, uh, that's a tough one to answer because I'm trying to think I'm picturing me at 10 years in and if I was, you know, if I, if I had the same uh, rhythm to my voice, the same, uh, you know, the, even if, when I listen to really old tape, even like the the deepness of my voice is different. Like I sound exactly like I talk off stage, on stage now. Right. That's what you mean by finding but, your right. voice. Because when when I watch a tape from the beginning, I'm like, that isn't my voice off stage. I'm doing some other voice on stage for some reason. Yeah. You don't know why. Well, no, it's it's. It, I I think I know why. I think it's kind of a defense mechanism. It's an act. It's an act, even though it's right. what you think is funny. But like, yeah, it's like what you said. Didn't Louis say something like that? He was like, when you become the you off stage, on stage, that's the key. And that's the key. You're right. always going to be an exaggerated version. You know, you're yeah. into it. You have, but, but it's what your opinions are. It's who you are. Yeah, I almost feel like I'm not really that. I'm a slight exaggerated version. Just because my voice might be a little quicker on stage right. than it is off stage. I'm very slow off right. stage. Right, well, you're performing to people, so you're probably a little more. But yeah, no. I think I think you're right. I think it's and, and I think us having kids and having a family and getting a house and doing that that changes you too. Yeah, you stop caring and you just yeah. start being you. Right. You know. Uh, so here's the next question. Joe Myers asks Joe and Paul Verzi best worst moments of winter 2014 2015. I don't really know if I have any answer for that one. Do you got something? Uh, bad memory. Bad moments. Uh... Any really bad winter? moments i mean it was bad i i mean i don't know you got if it, that big was this your first year with the big driveway uh no this is my second the driver wasn't a problem the deck was a problem i was i shoveled my deck in the back because i don't want all the weight on it yeah you were it afraid your about, deck was gonna took, go down it, it took me about two and a half hours to clear it because it was uh -huh. it was over a foot the entire thing was over a foot like it was almost up to my knees and i was at to shovel the whole thing so i don't know if that's a bad moment because once i got halfway done i like kind of became like 
Rocky in Rocky <laughs> Four, like in in Russia, where I was like, I got to finish this. Yeah, I had to conquer the mountain. You know, I had to run up to the mountain and scream Drago. Does your wife ever help? shovel because my wife's yet to really do no she does, she's done like maybe three scoops no but nor do i want my wife to you know like my mm-hmm. wife is doing enough my wife's world my wife's inside with the kids oh, i'd rather a, you're such a better man <laughs> i i would i would rather my wife inside with the kids and like keeping them cool and right. me going outside and doing that right yeah but no no real bad memories other than just cold you know yeah it, 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 this winter sucked the last two were bad i'm trying to think of my Best moment? Let's see, a, a good moment. I mean, it's fun going sledding with your kids. I always love doing that. Yeah. You know, we don't, for some reason, we don't do that as much as I would like. I would like every time it snows, you should go take your yeah. kids. You know, there's like a fucking golf course across the street from here that everybody sleds on. I've, I've never been to it. A good moment for me this year was, yeah, we got snowed in and just being with my, the family, get like making a fire, watching movies and just being like home together. Yeah. Yeah. All right. F.J. Nolan. FJ. FJ Nolan. What movies are you most looking forward to in 2015? I don't really know what movies are coming out. Uh, I guess I, Creed. I <laughs> When's don't, Creed coming out? I don't know. Do you I don't, know about Creed? <clears throat> no. Oh, they're doing another Rocky movie. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. It's called Creed. Oh, it's his about a son? Rock, no, Rocky's training Apollo Creed's kid. Yeah, or maybe his grandkid. Something crazy like that. Creed. Oh, oh boy. I forget who's playing the kid. Oh my god! Somebody known is playing the kid. You know who's playing the kid? Did you ever watch Friday Night Lights when it was the TV show? Not the movie. Oh no! The kid who played the running back in the TV show. I don't think it was the same kid from the movie. It could have been, and I forget this kid's name. He's a good actor. He's very good. So yeah. maybe it made me think the movie might not be really hokey. It might actually be good. Who knows? I, I'm I, I'm interested in that. I'm interested. I know this is going to sound weird. I'm the movie that I've been waiting for. It's Star Wars, the new one that J.J. Abrams is going to do. They're doing another Star Wars? Oh, J.J. Abrams is doing it, and I'm really looking forward to it because, you know, I'm not like a crazy nerd. I'm not going to wait online in a costume, but, (laughs) you know, I just think it's going to be cool because I was never, I never liked Star Trek, and then when I saw the new ones that J.J. Abrams did, I was like, this is good. So, uh, yeah, I guess I would say Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. I hear the Nexium is needed in your throat. does Does that help it? Yeah, I told you. It'll give you more power to your voice again. I notice it starts to burn up your vocal cords when you're getting acid up when the reflux. <clears throat> you get did you cough like that? Yeah. Damn it. We're gonna save his life. Derek Derek don't. That's his, I don't know what that means. Derek, Derek don't. don't. When opening for headliners with a following that exceeds even themselves at times, do you get discouraged in your own performance? This is a good question for both of us because we both well, you don't open for Bill Burr as much as you used to. Uh, you th- we're about to, well, yeah, we're about to do a big tour this year, but we don't, you know, like I'm not. A lot of people thought that I was Bill's regular open all the time, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Me and Bill are really dear friends, and if we could go to a sporting event and work together, we'd do it. This year, we're going on a tour bus, and uh, I'm going to be opening for him for the whole week. He's at the Wilbur Theater doing 20 shows. Oh, you're doing the Wilbur week. I'm doing oh, the Wilbur that's week. Such a great time. So uh, such an easy, fun gig. Yeah. So. So, but um, to answer your question, absolutely not. It does the opposite of discourage me. It, it, it motivates me. It motivates me to see what's possible for myself. It motivates me to see where my material lies with that many people that didn't pay to see me. You got to think about it like that. All these people didn't pay to see me and maybe three quarters of them, 80% of them don't give a fuck about me. 
Okay, so then now they have to sit through me, and now it's my job to kill and make them go, oh, my God, that was awesome. I would see that guy again. I, I relish that challenge. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, that's the difference between 13 years in and 26 years in, so it, it can get me discouraged because I'm, I start to go, I'm 47, less clubs are using me in New York City. There's certain ones that still use me. There's certain ones for some, if there's a 22-year-old kid booking it, I'm not saying which club that is, but Paul and I know. I can't, I can't get work. I think he, they just look at me as an old man, a 22-year-old booker. I'm a fucking old man to them. So right, but here's the thing, though. In. Right, but you won't get, but if you're opening for Artie, if you're right. opening for Artie Lang tomorrow at the Beacon Theater. Yeah, I don't bring it on stage. You I'm go never on discouraged, stage, but, but there are times where I go, man, he just made fucking $40,000. Right, but you. Fuck, I wish that could be me. But you go on stage and crush. Yeah. Right. I don't bring it on That's stage. That's what I'm saying. I love doing the set. Right, right yeah. But there's a moment where I'm driving home sometimes where I'm like, Ugh. like I told my wife yesterday with Sebastian Maniscalco's making for a corporates. And she just gave me a look like, oh, that's yeah, great money. She's like, Jesus Christ. Like, why can't that be us? What? It, and she doesn't usually ever care about money because I wanted to turn it and say, you know, you said something to me that I think of in those moments where I could get discouraged, which is. She would go, you know, I'm happy with our life right now. Like, look, we got a nice house. We got two good, great kids that we live near our family. And I like our life. Like, and so you got to, I got to force myself to do that more instead of wanting. Because Russ Maneve always says, you know, if you want to switch careers with somebody, you got to, you got to switch their whole life. So, you know, do I want to be Artie? No, I really don't want to be Artie. Right, you got to switch their whole. Life. That's a that's yeah. a that's a really smart yeah. way to look at well, it. And Artie's smart enough to know that because there's been times where I brought my sadness onto his podcast about my career, and then I say something like, "You're doing so, you're doing so great." Like I wish I could just, you know, feel a little touch of that huge income, you know. And he goes, "Yeah, but you know, I have no wife, I have no kids, and like you know, my life kind of stinks." No responsibility, yeah. No, you gotta, you gotta listen. Everybody has a different path, and everybody has like their own thing. You gotta look at what you have. Like, right. I remember, I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I was at the Montreal Comedy Festival. I was talking to Big Jay Okerson outside one of these uh, shows, and he was like, he said something really poignant, and I agree with him one hundred percent. And I, because I feel the exact same way. It's like a lot of comedians don't think about what they have and what they where they are. You know, like everybody wants the next thing and everybody wants this and that. But it's like, enjoy the ride. Be happy, man. Get funnier. And uh, listen, I go through it, too. You know, there's definitely times that I'm like, man, I feel like I should get that. I I worked hard enough to get that and I feel like I deserve it. And if I don't get it, what am I going to do? What are my options? You know, but you just keep going, man. Just keep getting better. Make money, you know, love your family. And that's it. You know, it's tough, but you got to do that. You got to do it. Derek, don't ask another question. Oh, he's he's elaborating on what he said. Or does it push you to refine your act and rework it in similar ways that seem to work for them? Is it a push or drawback? Uh, for me, it's a push. You know, for me, it's a 100% push. I don't care who I'm opening for. I want people to remember me. I don't care if I open for Bill Burr or David Tell or any of these guys that I open for when... I get off stage, I want people to say, that guy's hilarious, I want to see that guy again, and I want them to remember me. I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck who I'm working with. Seriously. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, not in when he he's saying here, does it make you want to rework in similar ways? Like, I'll take the business model sometimes. Like, Sebastian Maniscalco is someone in my head. 
I go, what made him so big? I mean, yeah, he's really funny and he has a really distinct voice and point of view. Yeah. But one is, is he did a couple of one hour specials and that's how he got it out there. Because I know for a fact when I'm at my shows, people walk out going, dude, you're fu- I fucking love you. Like, how have I never seen you before? And I'm like, I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard to spread the word when you're spreading it alone, you know. But that's a way that you spread the word fast. You do a special and hopefully you sell it to Netflix. And now people start watching it and go, dude, this guy, it's like he's talking about our life. And now all these young parents come out to your shows because yeah. they relate. and they want to, Now they want to hear your your new angle on uh now your your kid's seven on your last special he's nine on your next special and and you, you know your new what what's going on in your life then so uh so i yeah i take the business model <laughs> sheila sheila 29 hi where is your favorite place to vacation and what do you like to do when you have free time um my favorite place to vacation. Oh, that's a tough one. In man. my bed. <laughs> yeah, really. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, I love the, because, like, when I go on vacation, I don't love going out and doing Vacation's things. hard because we always have to bring our kids with us. And they always say, that's not a vacation. That's a family trip. My wife and I are going to Israel in uh, without the kids. What are you doing, a gig there? I uh, can't say. Okay. Um, but it's, mo- it's more of a trip for her and I. Um. But um, someone's paying for us to go out there. I like, you know what? I like the beach. I like a nice beach, a nice beach. You know, I'm not talking about New York beaches or I'm not talking about Jersey. And I'm even talking Jersey Shore. I mean, I went to Long Beach Island with the family and it was nice. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's the Jersey Shore. Where's the last time just you and your wife went on a vacation, even if it was for one night? Oh, my God. I can't even. Can you think of yours? I haven't been overnight with my wife without my kids in six years. Yeah, this man. is gonna be the first time coming up, and it's gonna be for a week. Me and my wife spent probably a couple years ago. We spent like a night or two somewhere, but uh, I think you know we're gonna do something this year. But yeah, I like you know I like here's what I like. I like uh, a hotel right by the water, <laughs> like on the water, like not far from like on it. Yeah, like that's the on best. the beach. Yeah. Like I want it on like where I could literally roll out of bed, put a bathing suit on. And like in in one minute, be laying on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like doing that, and then I like you know drinking some cold beers during the day on the beach. Then you know, going out, maybe playing golf, showering, going to dinner. I like that, you know. But um, you know, I like my favorite thing to do. If you said gun to my head right now, what would I want to do? It sucks because there's people, a lot of people on it. But I went on, I went on a fifteen. I was spoiled. I went on a fifteen night cruise, and I sailed from Venice, Italy, back to New York. And it was insane. Like, I've never come back from anything more relaxed in my life. Like, you I was. Tell me people were throwing up and your dad was on the deck going, eh, my, this is my, great. my dad is so into food and takes food so seriously <laughs> that there was one night, because we caught the tail end of two, the tail end of two hurricanes. We're on a huge ship, Princess Cruise. Beautiful, beautiful ship. And uh, there was one night we caught the tail end of two, two hurricanes. And it was, it was, you know. It was rocky, man. It was rocky. Lucky the ship was so big, but I mean, the ship, you felt boof, boof. Like you could feel it throughout, even though it was like a hotel on, on the water. And there was a lot of people who stayed in to eat. You saw their trays by their hotel, by their rooms. And I go into the dining room and my dad's standing there, just shit eating grin on his face, black tie, 
just like, isn't this great? All these people are sick. I don't give a fuck. Let's get this. And he's just eating his salad. Like, I mean, he was just so psyched that the dining room was with empty. a suit on. Oh, with a tux on. Tux. Yeah. <laughs> and he just, he was so happy and into it. Like, you know, he takes food. He's like, I don't care. My brother. That must be where you get that personality from. Yeah. He just, yeah. He was just like, yeah, my dad, my dad didn't care. He was happy about it. But yeah, I love, I, you know, I, but what suck is lucky I could, you know, I, I, you couldn't go on a cruise if like, I, I wouldn't want to go on a cruise as a comedian. I know you did that before. I wouldn't want to do that and have people know me. No. But like if I went a on a cruise without it. A cruise, a cruise without it, but like they got like a cigar lounge outside with a scotch bar on the water, man, like with the Mediterranean Sea. That's crazy. You know, as, you were, as you're talking, I imagine like if I could pick any vacation, then it may, maybe it's not with my wife. Maybe it's with like me, you, and a couple other <laughs> comedians that we're friends with, but we're not going to do comedy. We're going to play golf at like the greatest two golf courses in the country or something. For yeah, like I, three days, that I, would be pretty damn I think fun. a vacation for a parent, there's two. It's you and your wife somewhere, mm-hmm. and then you and your boys somewhere, yeah. you know? Yeah, that would be pretty epic if we were, like, playing golf in uh, well, what about what we talked about Pebble on Artie, Beach for three days. What about what we were talking about on Artie's podcast today? What about going to Vegas with four of your buddies on fight week? You're staying at, like... The top of the, like the Venetian like penthouse, mm-hmm. which is just ridiculous. You're eating amazing dinners. You go to the fight during the day. You go to the sports book and you gamble on the games. You smoke a cigar, have a scotch. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, that'd be pretty fun. That'd be insane. <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, I hate casinos, but that sounds fun. Yeah, but if you do it right, like if you're not, if you do it right, and you're yeah, the a high gentleman, end, a gentleman, uh, not right. loud, retarded it's version exa- of it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Robert RCP thirty one. What was the first job in what was your first job in high school and what was your first car? We got a fucking ton of questions here. I don't know if we're gonna be able to get to them all. Um uh my all right, you go. My first job in high school, I was in ninth grade and I worked at a bakery. There was a bakery in a strip mall right near like the development we lived in. You never had a paper out? I think it was called like Lou's... Ba- no, it was Lou's I forgot the name of it, but no, I didn't have a paper out. I just went in and I uh yeah, I think I, I rolled like dough and I did like just stuff like that in the bakery. I kind of cleaned up the back. I wasn't, you know, I was a you know, 14, 15 year old kid just working at a bakery. First car I ever had. This is a great story. I was looking for a car when I turned 16. My stepfather was a UPS driver and he found like a brand new mint condition little Ford Festiva. And it was like maroon and it was those little Ford hatchbacks, little Ford Festiva. And an old woman... Was move, it didn't have an air conditioner in it, but it was brand new. The car was, I mean, it was a little tin box, but it was brand, it was mint condition in and out. It had no miles on it. It looked like it just came off the showroom floor. We got it for eight, it had like nothing on it. And she just uh, was going to Florida and it didn't have air conditioning. I got it for 800 bucks. <laughs> uh, my, first, my friends my, made fun of me. My, they were like, look at that pimple on wheels. But dude, it was for a 16 year old kid, a brand new, it was that great. That sounds great. It was great. My car was way worse than that. My first car cost 50 bucks. It was a 1970 Chevy Impala. Uh, I used to do so many stand-up jokes about this car. It had rust all <laughs> over it, and it leaked exhaust inside the car. Wow. So when my friends would be dr- sitting in the back, they'd be like, <sighs> I used to do a bad joke about me driving my friends to school going, you guys are quiet, like they were, <laughs> like they were dead. That was the big joke. Uh, you guys are awfully quiet back there. Uh, that's funny. Uh, 
And it, the license plate was 294 Bob. And people used to think I had like a my own personalized license plate. I'm like, no, it's just coincidental, asshole. That's hilarious. Why would I have 294 in front of it? That's hilarious. I just wanted Bob. Yeah, but how, why is it personalized? Your name's Joe. I know. It makes no sense. <laughs> they thought I was Bob. First job in high school. Jeez. Well, I definitely, I remember having, remember having paper routes. I've told the story about me having this shopper's guide route where I used to get like a thousand papers dumped on my front lawn. And then I'd put, you know, they were, I think I had to put them in the plastic bags or maybe they were already in like a plastic bag. And I was such a lazy fuck that I wouldn't hand them out. I would just bring them up to the school <laughs> and I would throw them in the dumpster. And then I was so lazy that after like three months, I was like, that's too much work bringing them up to the school. I was getting paid to throw away paper and that was too much for me yeah. and i had to quit like i was a shitty employee i was a bad kid too man i was i did things that i'm really not proud of so like did I, I. I stole stuff so did i i stole and did some really bad things looking back if like my son or daughter ever did what i did like I'm, i was always never mean i was never malicious to anybody i always treated people with respect but i just did things that like i wasn't really understanding what i was doing man Me it, too. Was, it was just i would just follow it was brutal. i was a follower was, i would do what somebody else was doing like i just would like do things i mean i didn't steal like crazy big stuff but it was just like little things that i'm like what was i thinking man yeah. That's just a shitty thing to do, man. I wish I could get it back. But you can't. What do you you can if we build a time machine. Yeah. I have the tools. <laughs> Let's see. Derek Don't asking again. Jesus, this kid's all over us today. Derek Don't. I've watched a lot of All in the Family lately. Are there any classic TV shows that had inspired you comedically? No. No? No. There's no... The only, you know, Saturday Night Live that, oh, that inspired oh, you. That's oh, an old one. Eddie oh. Murphy you always talk about him. Well, no, Eddie Murphy's my Eddie Murphy on yeah. Saturday Night Live. So right? yeah, I guess I guess you could say I thought like he, when he said All in the Family, I thought he was more talking geared old towards sitcoms. towards the sitcoms. But you didn't watch any old sitcoms. I mean, you know, I I when I was a little kid, I, my grandmother, I'd stay at my grandmother's house. We watched Golden Girls, and we watched like I remember watching like Empty Nest. I watched all these like shows at my grandma, Mr. Belvedere. Empty Nest. Yeah, I was inspired empty, by Empty Nest. I watched Empty Mr. Nest. Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere and Golden Girls at my grandma's, but nothing. But no, if you're going to talk about TV shows and Saturday Night Live, Eddie Murphy changed. I mean, I've, everybody knows that I've talked about it way too much on my podcast too, so right. I don't want to bore people. Eddie Murphy changed my life, so I would say like anything Eddie Murphy ever did on TV, I was so geared to. But um, I didn't. I was never a sitcom guy. Now older though. Now when I watch, old, watch old when I watch now? old Ray Ray Romano. Everyone loves Raymond. Those are good. Like the stuff with him and his wife is so spot on and perfect. Oh, he nails it. I mean, it's so spot on. And, and his perfect. acting's so smooth. It's it's it, it. The acting is smooth, but the way he is with his wife and the problems that they have is so perfect. Uh, with the golf, how she wanted to go. It's just like so many different things that he did or when he, you know, didn't want to do something or the thing when he was like, when he says to Robert, why are you like so into my kids when you come here? And like, and he's like, because I get to leave after this. Like, you have to stick with it. Just really like honest things like that. So, but nothing ever inspired me comedically. Like I didn't, I didn't watch something and then did it do anything other than seeing Eddie Murphy, you know, and just being inspired by the comic he was. I never watched it. Right. You know, I never watched a sitcom. and was like, yeah, I got to, you know. Right. Well, then, if you did, you would have went into acting, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't my thing. I took a sitcom How about classic, class. Classic TV like comedy it. shows, like any of the old comedy shows, the MTV Half Hour Comedy Hour, or uh, let's think like the old ones. Like I remember watching Evening at the Improv, like scrambled on my television no, because I wanted to watch comedians I, doing stand-up. I liked In Living Color. 
I liked In Living Color when Jim Carrey and Tommy were, Davidson were new and, you know, they Damon, were amazing. Damon Wayans. That was really good. The In Living Color was great. Um, I talked about it on my podcast a couple episodes ago. Key and Peel, and it's over now. They're done. Some of they got the, some funny. Some of the funniest. I mean, me and Giannis were talking about. I was crying. Did you ever watch that sketch where crying. he's the, where he's the teacher? Oh my, the from substitute. The hood? Oh my God, D nice. D nice. No, but when he says A A Ron, A is there an A Ron here? And he goes, it's pronounced Aaron. He goes, son of a. Oh, dude, that's I, one of the funniest sketches was, I've dude, ever seen. It's it's so, go watch that, people. If you haven't seen, if you that. haven't watched Substitute Teacher, is that what it's called? Peele? Substitute yeah. Teacher. Yeah, he goes, hello oh, class. My name is Mr. Garvey. I'll be your substitute teacher for today. I taught in the inner cities for 20 years. So nobody be messing with me. All right, let's take roll. He goes, Jay Quellen. Do we have a Jay Quellen? She goes, you mean Jacqueline? And he goes, okay, okay. You want to play. <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, so for me, old shows. Oh God! I mean, I was just watching Family Ties the other day on on Netflix. They have the entire complete thing. I love some of these old shows. Or I guess they did inspire me. Wonder Wonder Years. I have the entire season on some bootleg because you can't buy the DVDs, or maybe you can now. Wonder Years. I fucking love Wonder Years. Taxi. All in the family. I loved. Uh, definitely loved um, Sanford and Son. I still I still crack up. If you watch if we turn on a Sanford and Son now, I'll probably crack uh, up. He's hilarious. Because they say really racist uh, things. He's hilarious. Uh yeah, so yeah, definitely a lot of old, those old shows. Derek don't. Okay. We're we're cutting through these questions, Paul. We're, we have more? we're moving along. We gotta hit the Facebook page now. All right. I feel all right. I like it. I like it. Tracy Big Daddy Lynch. Yes. What classic 1980s movies would you like to see remade? That's a good question. It's a great question. Mine would be My Bodyguard. That's what he says, and he put a picture up. Did you ever see My Bodyguard yes. with Matt Dillon? Yes, I it's did. It's a fucking classic. Remo remade. They never remake movies very well, though. You know, like they try to do the Bad News Bears, and they're, it's like terrible. Yeah, they're, they're, can you re can you remake these classes? Yeah, and no, what sucks is they're they're gonna remake uh, with Ed Helms. They're gonna remake Naked Gun, and I I don't want to see that man. No. You know, I mean, Drebin had to be Leslie Nielsen, <laughs> dude. You know, so great. How great was that? Yeah. You know, um, what movie would I like Just to see? Just a bit outside. What's your favorite eighties movie? Let's start with that. There's a lot. I mean, my favorite days was probably Beverly Hills Cop, but I don't want him to touch that. But here's aren't they making another one? No, here's, here's did I hear Eddie Murphy was making another one? Is he? I heard that. Here's what I'd like to see. Even though it was great and good, what about another? What about a a remake of Forty Eight Hours with Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy? Nick Nolte now, <laughs> he's so scary now. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> no, like a, no, not like different guys. Oh, different guys. I think yeah. it'd be funny to bring him but, and Eddie but, back. Oh my God, that would be great. I'm old now, but that would Eddie looks great. You see great. Eddie? Yeah. No, I mean Nick Nolte looks awful, but yeah. Eddie looks like Eddie looks when Eddie came out at uh, everybody talked about when Eddie came out at the 40th on SNL. He's like in shape, looks great, man. Yeah. Yeah, but him and Nolte, it would look weird. Be hilarious because he would look great, and Nolte, <laughs> Nolte would look like he just got out of prison. Is that 80s or 90s? That's oh, did he say 80s or 90s? He said 80s. Oh, that's 80s. The original. The first one, Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop is. You I think it's nineties. Be Beverly Hills Cop is eighties. Oh, all right, then we're good. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop is eighties. Forty eight hours is eighties. Um, oh, forty eight hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Forty eight hours is eighties. Um, What's your favorite line from Forty Eight Hours? Big with Tom Hanks was awesome. See, I don't want them to make these movies. Yeah. What'd you say? What's your favorite line from Forty Eight Hours? 
Oh my God! Do you remember any? Oh, there's so many. I mean, when he said, uh, "I love when he went into the uh, when he went into the bar yeah. and he put on a uh, he put on a cowboy just hat." N word with a badge. Just, uh, yeah, but when he said, "I hate rednecks," just the way he said it, because the bar just stopped and the music. So you remember that? Yeah. The music just stopped and he just takes the thing and he puts a pick in his mouth and he goes, he goes, he goes. I hate rednecks. <laughs> I just I thought that, that was hilarious because because you know me, yeah. you know I love. Oh, you would have loved when I was in Austin. What I told him, you love when I call them. You know when I call them animals. Yeah, I was in Syracuse. I said so many people belong in cages, <laughs> <laughs> and I know you get a kick out of when I you said you said something. You go, I'd never seen a guy just totally disrespect the crowd early and then win them and still win them over. But I, I, I said I love I go, you. That is a perfect joke. I, I haven't say that. I no, I haven't that done that. That is a perfect joke. <laughs> no, I haven't done that in a while. But uh, no, I, I'll tell the crowd. I'll be like, "You people!" I was at the casino in this area. You people are animals. So when he said, "I hate rednecks," right to him, it was great. But I don't know what other movie I'd like to see remade. Like, you know, my favorite line from Forty Eight Hours because I used to do this bad Nick Nolte impression when I was a kid, which was, uh, "I'm a ragtop man." That's all I remember. <laughs> he yeah. says that like over and over in that movie. Remember I said all that stuff about watermelons and porch monkeys? <laughs> it's just my way of keeping you down, Reggie. <laughs> wow, that, that sounds part. good. Uh, okay, yeah. And probably my favorite 80s movie is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay. Tracy Schmidt Slaughter, being a comedian, do either of you find that people expect you to be funny and joking all the time off stage? Definitely. I talk. I know Tracy pretty well. She's a friend of mine. So what did she say? She said, "What do you find that people expect you to be funny and oh, joking God, all yeah. the time off stage?" Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the people that don't get it, you know, I think people, you know, now people in my life get it. Yeah, they but get I, that you I, don't have to. I be get funny a, off stage. I, I get a lot of the opposite though. I get a lot of people going, "I really like to see you stand up because I would never for in a million years no because you know me, I'm not really very mm -hmm. I'm very social with the people I love." Right. But then quiet with other But like people. I'm not when I'm like around other people and stuff, I kind of just mind my business and people are kind of like, "What's this guy's deal? Like this guy's a comic." And then it's like, "Yeah, but I'm not I heard Chris Rock too. Somebody said Chris Rock is very like when he's not in with his he's very and I'm like I don't like the comedian. I've never liked the comedians that were you know there's some real funny ones that always seem on. There's only a couple that Todd can Glass. get away with it. Todd Glass. Yeah. Right? Todd Glass is a guy. I saw him out at Austin, and he's a, he's a nice guy, and he was really nice to me when he's, he was... He was super on off stage. He was he? in the crowd. He was in the crowd at the improv in L.A. when I was on stage, and he was like afterwards. Like, so he was like in the crowd just being a fan, and he was so cool. But at first, I didn't know if he was one of those guys that was always on. He's not, but he's just always... He's very he's funny. He's funny. He's very funny. But he's not annoyingly on, because he can sit and talk with you seriously, easily. I don't I've like when comedians have to be on with other comedians, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. an insecurity thing where they always need to be like Ugh. uh but no I, I don't i don't people do expect it though like you know and then when i'm not yeah. funny you know yeah like i played I, on a softball team here in new rochelle with my brother-in-law a couple years ago and they were like you're a comedian like i'm like i don't know any of you guys i'm not i'm not even a funny yeah. guy even if, if i did know you i'm not cracking jokes while we're sitting yeah, here like i was on softball. somebody's podcast and they were asking me questions and they wanted all the questions they wanted all my answers to be funny and it's like i'm not that's not how it happens with right, me. Right. You know what I mean? It's not. That's not it. But whatever. Kevin Vag asks, "How do you get to the get the nuts to go on stage? I want to insult everyone, but can't get up there." 
I mean, you got to just, you got, it's got to be something you'd want to do. You just got to think you want to do it your whole life. I wanted to get on stage, and finally, when I found a place, I went on. But yeah, like, I get being afraid. I mean, you, oh, that dude. goes away after a while. Dude, I was, a, I mean, I was, I remember my first gig, I was drinking Coronas before, and I was a nervous wreck. I had to bring three people to the city. I was pacing around. They told me I'd be on around 9 30. I don't know if I went on till like 11. I was a mess, but, but I had to do it. You know what I mean? Like, think, like it's like you have to do it. Right. Like, I was just so psyched to be doing something that, like, my heroes are doing, you know? Yeah. Get up there, Kevin. Don't be a pussy. Kristen Russo. Yes. How would you like to be this guy? And if so, do you think you could score hotties like this for reals? This is just not even a question to answer. It's just these uh, fat girls in bras and some nerdy loser guy in between holding a, holding a heavyweight champion belt up. I don't know what the hell that means. Here's the last question, everybody. All right, and then I'm going to do three quick Twitter things real quick. It's going to take me a minute. Okay. Anthony Pieria. I think I'm pronouncing that right. It seems like there are so many new clubs and lots of comedians out there. Is it a smart move to try to make it at a as ugh, make it at stand up nowadays? I live in Chicago and have a sec and uh, have Second City a few miles away, and I can't decide if I should try to make the career move at age thirty two. Again, I I look at it like the last question. It's like. If you're scared, like the last guy's scared to get up there, this guy's thinking, should I do it? I honestly think that, like, I've talked to people that come up to me and say, I listened to the Verzi effect, and uh, because of you, I went to an open mic and it didn't go bad. Thank you. I'm going to continue to do it. I think there has to be an unwanting desire. Um, yeah, I had an acting teacher said when you're an actor, it's like you can't not act. Well, like that's, you want to that, act. It's you funny. Just, you can't I, not do it. I can't believe you just said what you just said because this is what I was just going to say to you. When Michael Rappaport was on Bill Burr's podcast, I mm-hmm. heard that one because he was talking about True Romance, and I love True Romance. Oh, one he's of my so fa- good in True, that Ro- True Romance, one of my favorite movies. So he was talking, uh, you know, Bill was talking about True Romance, and he said like he was standing there watching the scene with Gandolfini and Patricia Arquette when he was like thrown, like he was standing, they watched the scene. And that actually, that scene made David Chase pick Gandolfini to be Tony Soprano, rest his soul. But he was telling Bill, he goes, you don't come to LA because you're going to try acting. He goes, I didn't come to LA because I wanted to try acting. He goes, I had to be in movies. Like I had to be an actor. Like he was like, I wasn't going to see what happened. He was like, I came out here for this. This is what I was doing. It wasn't a maybe or a want. It was, I'm going out to LA to do this. Like you, it's like, you are that you right, have to do right, that. You're that. You know what I mean? You have to do it with comedy a little that more. That eats me up, believe it or uh, not. Cause I feel like I have that burning inside for the acting. I saw you get, when I said that I saw something you happen did? with you. Yeah. I saw some, when I said that to you, I saw you like, look at me like, but no, what I was going to say. But I have a wife and kids and I live in New York and I feel fucking, I can't, uh, you can I can't. still act. Well, in here you can, you could get parts here. But anyway, what, what I was going to say was, <laughs> what I was going to say was, stand up, it is a little different, but you always ask yourself, if it's something you always wanted to do, going up on an open mic when everybody sucks is not going to kill you if it's something you really want to do. Because yeah. here, what's the worst, look at it, the worst case scenario is this. You, I, the first time I ever went on, I was unprepared. Worst case scenario, you go up, you, it's not good, you don't like it, you're like, this isn't for me. Best case scenario is, wow, I'm going to keep trying this and see what happens, and only good could come from it. You can't lose. Doing bad when you're supposed to do bad doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? I used to tell comics when I taught, I said, go watch a, sh- go watch a shitty open mic, wait for somebody who's horrendous to go on, which you will see, it's an automatic, someone will suck. 
And right. Then, and then you go, well, I can't be worse than that. Right. Listen, doing bad when you're not supposed to do bad, sometimes that could hurt, but that happens in the business. That doesn't matter. But doing bad when you're supposed to be bad, this is the time you should suck. Just get up there and have fun with it. It's five minutes. It's going to yeah. go quick. Make You know, if you go up there and it sucks, joke about how it sucks and say it's your first time. Nobody's going to look at somebody the first time and critique you. They're yeah. going to go, this is this guy's first time. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not you know, like you go, hey, you could just say that at an open mic. What am I supposed to be great? This is an open mic. Dude, you'd crush I'm if you were I like, should I, should suck suck, I should suck. This is five my first five minutes ever. I would shit <laughs> my pants. Fuck? I would shit my pants for 48 hours before this thing, and I should suck. Yeah. You know? Fuck you people judging me. There you go, Anthony Pereira. You know what? I'm not going to do what I was going to do. What I was going to do is I was going to do a few unacceptables on Twitter, but you know what? This is more of a me and Joe answering questions from fans and kind of talking about our lives and a bonus thing. So uh, on my... You can do some unacceptables if you want. No, on my other part, because you know what? I don't want to read some now and then have to worry about what I'd rather just... uh, You want to add them on yourself? Uh, cut it in as a separate segment. Yeah, I'm gonna cut. I'll cut it in as a separate segment. So you, I'll do this as this will be part one or two of this week's Verzi effect, and then I'll do another part where I do my own. Wow, Paul knows how to edit on GarageBand now. Well, I'm just gonna. I just you know, you send it. The, I get the MP3 and I plug it in there. Yeah, but you got to actually cut it if you're gonna have it go into another segment. How do you? No, what up? I'll do is I'll upload a part two. Oh, you mean it'll be in two sec, two like separate it'll, uploads? It'll be, it'll two be, new, you'll, you'll, it'll you'll be, re-intro the other thing. It'll be episode 203, part one, part two. Oh, I got you. So part one or part two is going to be Paul Verzi and Joe Mattery's co-host this segment. I got you. Yeah. Wow. So we got can, problems. So I got problems. So we can outro it now, man. That was fun. We're done? We're done. We answered We're, all the questions. That was it? We did... Uh, it's an hour and 12 minutes, dude. Whoa. I got to take a shower really fast, and then we got to leave by yeah. 8 o'clock. Oh, boy. Because we have 9 o'clock, right? Yeah, well, we're usually, going separately, right? Yeah, yeah, but I usually like to leave at 8 for my 9 o'clock, get a little early. You're at Stand Up New York. You have a quicker drive than me. Yeah, yeah we got to get out of here. Uh, folks, uh, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Um, uh, quick plugs. You, you heard them at the beginning. We'll say them again. If you make a $20 donation to my podcast on JoeMatterese.com, you will get two of my CDs for free. You get When a Comedian Attacks, which is an all-argument heckler CD, which some of you sounds like you're comedians that wrote these questions in. Uh, or even if you're not a comedian, you'll love to hear that CD. It's just me before the antidepressants that I'm on, losing my shit on hecklers. And there's a whole album load of it, 11 different isolated incidents called When a Comedian Attacks. You get that and disconnected my understand-up CD, all for a $20 donation. And you also will get a pair of earbuds from Tweaked Audio. Come to my special. The tickets are on sale for another seven days, it's at the Village Underground, my one-hour stand-up special. We're taping it. Big night for me. Go to JoeMatterese.com. Click on the little uh, banner. You'll see it for my special. And you can buy tickets to it. It's uh, April 28th, 7 and 9 o'clock. You can also go to the ComedyCellar.com, and they have the banner up there. Okay? Paul, hit your plugs. Yes. Uh, well, for all dates local, go to paulverzi.com and follow me on Twitter at paulverzi. But uh, the big show we got this week is um, Thursday night, which is the 26th, 7.30, Levity Live. The uh, benefit, the Kevin Lanto benefit for uh, my brother-in-law. Uh, and we are going to have uh, a great time raising money for a scholarship in, uh, in his name. 
and uh, Bill Burr is going to be there, myself, Chris Lambert, some surprise guests coming in, and it's going to be a great night. And, um, you know, that's the one I really want everybody to go to. If by some reason you can't make that, April 9th I will be recording my debut album at The Stand at uh, 8 and 10 o'clock shows, uh, which is Thursday, April 9th. But please come out to Levity Live this Thursday at 7.30 for the benefit for my brother-in-law with myself, Bill Burr, and uh, my friends Chris Lambert and some other comics. Nice. And as I end all my podcasts, I hope by me trying to fix me, I hope Paul trying to fix himself, we help fix you guys a little bit. I love my wife. I love my kids. Keep downloading the podcast, everybody. Do you have an outro, Paul? Uh, just, How do you outro all your podcasts? Just, I'll just say, you know, until until the next until the next one. But uh, you know, you know, go to allthingscomedy.com, Follow them at all things comedy on Twitter. And uh, yeah, this has been uh, part one or two of uh, this week's episode two hundred three. So until uh, until the next one, I'm out of here. Yes, and follow me at the Joe Matteris. You guys have a great week. Thanks for listening. See you later.